0: All right. Uh, so you're listening to one of our special episodes where we're interviewing candidates for uh, public office across the state of Alabama. And we have on the line now Prince Cleveland. He is running for Alabama State House District 43. Prince, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Um, and so we can just start off with an introduction to you. Uh, you know, uh, who are you? What did you do? You know, what is your career? What do you do for work? And um, you know some of your background and what motivated you to run for office.
1: Okay. Well, thank you, Adam. Thank you, um, Jacob, for having me on this uh, afternoon. Um, again, my name is Prince Cleveland, and I was uh, grew up in Bessemer, Alabama, and I went on to the University of Alabama, where I received a bachelor's and master's degree there. And after that, I moved on to working on uh, political campaigns, uh, non-profit organizations, and now I'm working in the private private sectors uh, here in uh, Shelby County and with the EBSCO Indus- Industries. Um, I would say that the, the main thing that motivated me to run for office, especially running for this uh, house seat, is that I just wanted to give the people who live here in this district a choice. Because this district is uh, historically a what they call a pretty red district. And I'm a Democrat running in this red district. But I wanted to give the uh, the voters here more of a option uh, in November to to choose from. One that will actually go to Montgomery and actually voice voice their issues and not uh, focus on the issues that uh, are designed to distract and deceive us, uh, that the uh, supermajority seems to focus on uh, for the past uh Well, for the better part, for decades since they've been in in, uh, control of their state legislature. And I just felt that it was about time for me to get off the sidelines and get into the uh, get into the field and then actually uh, just stop complaining about what needs to be done and actually do something about it. So this is why I'm in the race. And that's why I want to go to Montgomery to make sure that we have a voice that will voice that that will love. uh, uh voice uh, the issues that a lot of the people who here in this district will care about
0: growing up in in uh bessemer did your were your parents ever involved in um you know were your parents ever involved in in politics or uh you know bessemer actually has a, a pretty interesting union history with the mine mill union mm, over yes. there
1: um
0: were, were any of your family involved in in any politics or labor stuff over there
1: well, my parents were never really involved in the in I guess politics per se, but I know that my mom always took me to go vote with her. Uh, the thing is, she never missed an election, and I think that kind of wore off on of me when uh, she would always bring me to the election, that bring me to the polls when she went to vote to just kind of I guess give me a view a view of like this is what we need to do to ensure that we have a, a better uh, world for all of us. So uh, again, that kind of wore—I guess—that wore off on me, and then uh, I guess that's kind of why I bring that with me now—that I get that sense of citizenship, that sense of uh, uh, that we need to take ownership of what uh, we must do in this uh, in, in our communities. Um, I said I grew—we uh, didn't really have like a—I guess—a lot of uh, a union uh, involvement in my immediate family. But for my uh, great uncles, uh, there was a lot of uh, union, uh, uh, union involvement there because my, I have a great uncle that uh, I never met, but before I was born, he was a coal miner in Kentucky, uh, Lynch, Kentucky, as a matter of fact. And then uh, my grandmother's brothers, they moved from Alabama and they went to uh, Detroit to work in the auto factories. And my grandmother would always tell me about how brothers would come back down with their, you know, with their automobiles from the uh, from the uh, from the auto factory. So that was kind of a big deal. You know, you come back down to the south with your uh, with your your nice automobile. But again, they show you that the that 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 employment in the uh, auto factories up there that gave those workers a chance at a better life, gave them a chance at a middle class uh, experience. And then it just and, and, I, and I think that this it, that's kind of lost right now in 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 society right now. But I am kind of happy that it is a more of a I, I guess more of a union tradition that is uh, bubbling up right now currently and throughout the country. and I, and, I, and I hope that will hope hopefully will give us a chance at a uh, uh, giving the giving a lot of workers throughout this country and right here in the state a chance at the American Dream.
0: I think it's uh, an important part of it, certainly. Um, it's, so, District Forty Three—that is that uh, the Bessemer area, or is that a different a different area from you know where, where you grew up?
1: Well, that, it's a different area. Bicek uh, did grow up in Bessemer in Jefferson County, but now I live in Shelby County. Uh, I've been here for the better part of a decade now. Uh, this is where I work. This is where I live. This is where I uh, you know, go to the grocery store. This is where I fill my prescriptions. Uh, it's, fo- it's, it's mainly focused in North uh, Shelby County. It's from the Jefferson Shelby County line on Highway 280, and then it moves across to just outside of Chelsea. And then it moves south down through uh, a lot of the communities like Hoover, Pelham, uh, Helena. Uh, one of the main things I tell people is that the two high schools within the district is uh, Oak Mountain High School and Spain Park High School. So if you live around those particular areas, more than likely you can vote for me. But again, this is historically a red district and I'm a Democrat running in this red district. But I've, I've been very uh, uh, I've, I've, I've met a lot of people that, that are hungry for, for some change. And that's even from Republicans. So and people who don't uh, subscribe to any political party, may, may subscribe to as being independents. So that's again, that's one of the main reasons why I'm running because I want to give all those voters that feel that they're being left out of the conversation an uh, actual choice in November.
0: Yeah, and so you know, g- uh, given those voters a choice, what are the things that you are uh, that you're representing that um, that they can choose? What what are some of the things that that uh, you know, you get in office and, and you're given, you know, a magic wand. What are some of the things that, you know, top three policy, um policy proposals would you want to uh try to try to push through in Montgomery?
1: Okay. Um, well, I've based my campaign ever since I started running started running is that I wanted to f- focus on the issues that I feel that, that I know that we all have in common. And those issues that I think that are that we do have in common is that we need to Get rid of the grocery tax, we need to expand Medicaid, and then we also need to focus on our students because there's for so long it seemed that like we've always focused on the building and the institution but not the actual student. Um, just a few months ago, I met a uh a, per, a voter that uh he called himself a uh Trump Republican and uh and he told me that he could never vote for a Democrat, uh, but once I and I started talking to him about why I'm running for the state legislature. Uh, the first uh, issue that caught his uh, attention was that we need to get rid of the grocery tax. Because he said that you have me right there. <laughs> and then I think from that point on, he considered that like, he, he, he actually would consider voting for me in November. So but that, what that showed to me is that, you know, despite what we see on the, you know, the 24-hour news cycle, or what pundits tell us, uh, we may, we may not be as divided as we, as we think we are, as long as we know that we turn the temperature down and then just turn the volume down and actually have a conversation with one another, we can see that we actually have a lot of things in common and we need, and we have the same goals in common that we want to provide a better uh, life for our families. And we want to, uh, we want government to work for us and we want government to respond to us when we ask, when we ask them. So uh, but that's one of the three main um, things that I know that we should focus on that will, uh, that, that will bring us all together. And then hopefully we can find solutions for those if, uh, if I'm fortunate enough to be elected to the state legislature.
0: Yeah, you mentioned three things there, and I think two of them are pretty concrete. They're, you know, pretty self-explanatory, ending the grocery tax and expanding Medicaid. Those are, um, you know, those are specific things that you're wanting to do. But you mentioned education, and you mentioned um, focusing on the student as opposed to the building, maybe. And I'm wondering if you can drill down um, into what you mean by that.
1: Okay. Well, one of the things that... uh i, I would w- want to focus on is like well certainly when i went to uh start canvassing with uh uh out in the uh, yeah, out in the district i came across a couple of teachers and one of those teachers he's from Florida, and then he's uh teaching right here in alabama and he said that you know its just we're there are many states that are miles ahead of the state of alabama and he said that it's frustrating and he said one of those things why we're uh, miles like behind a lot of other states is that we're not focusing on one of the things, a lot of programs like trade education. Um, and I just wanted to give students more of an opportunity so that they could, uh, I guess, see Alabama as an option to make, to build their life here. Because a lot of the times you see that a lot of it, when the students graduate from high school, they leave the state of Alabama and they leave that and they take the talent that they have with them. And they just leave us, know pretty high and dry, but I i can understand because they feel that they don't have any opportunity here. But one of the reasons why I wanted to focus more on education is that oh education of the student is that we I want to give those students more of an opportunity that that they will consider staying here in the state of Alabama. Um, and another thing that I wanted to do is just to make sure that we are protecting uh funding for our public education system. Um Shelby County here is probably has like some of the best schools Probably in the state, maybe in, in the nation. But as you know, that from the past legislative sessions, the Republicans, a supermajority down there in Montgomery, they typically try to gut uh, public education spending. As we saw in this last legislative session, that they wanted to uh, create what they call the Parent Choice Act, it was what to take about $5,000 from public schools, uh, the public school fund for each student. And put it into private education. Now, I don't have a problem with, you know, if, if, if parents want to provide another option for their children to they attend a private school, but we shouldn't do it at the expense of public education. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that I want to do is just make sure that we have those programs in place that we ensure that our students have an option to stay here in the state of Alabama and keep their talents here. And also, to, to ensure that uh, spending and for our public education is uh remains at a, at the level that it is and maybe even more. <laughs> well actually a lot more, uh so that we can invest in those students and and not just take those uh those uh those funds away from them. And like I say, even though you know, Shelby County is seen as kind of a uh you know well to do area, taking funds out of the public education system still hurts us also in this in this county also, whether it was in a rural area or in an urban area. Throughout the state of Alabama, so that's another thing. What I still want to drive home with the voters here in this in this district is that we all have these issues in common. So we right. really need and, to uh, come together and fight to, to do those things.
0: Yeah, and the it, the emphasis on, on the trade stuff is really important because I, there's I think maybe there's starting to be a bit of a shift, but the the thing that I always heard going through high school it it, it was explicit or implicit that you know if you don't go to college you're not going to be worth anything you're not going to be able to get a good job and that's just not the case and there are real opportunities in the trades with the trade unions to be able to make a really good uh a really good salary i mean people if i had right now so i have a um i've got a college degree work in the public sector i make I make reasonable money. I have good benefits. Um, but if instead of going to college, I had went into the trades with one of the unions, with the IBEW, I would have had those four years where I was earning money, working a full-time job, had money, um, and – I would be making more than I am now. Exactly. <laughs> you know, being an exactly. electrician or something. Exactly. In the, and and it's and there's no and and it's important to emphasize the trade unions part of it too. And I and as you know, part of the labor council, I'm trying to work with some of the school board folks to get the unions in the schools for career days because people, you know, people think trades, but they don't understand that there is a huge difference between what you're going to get with a non-union construction job, and what you're going to get with a union construction job, with a union trade job, there's a, I mean, a world of difference there. But, uh, but I, I appreciate that elaboration. I heard, um, my spidey senses went up when you said something about, um, something about focusing on the, the student instead of the building because uh, and and I'm glad that you specifically mentioned that you were not supportive of you know, the school voucher programs because that's one of the things that they'll mm. say is they say, yeah. like, oh, we want funding to follow the student, not the building or not the the school. And so I and <laughs> and you know occasionally occasionally Democrats oh, yeah. get weird about you know, school privatization, school choice stuff too. And so I was like, uh, you raised my eyebrow a little bit. I was giving you a side eye, but uh, but you uh, you passed the test.
2: <laughs> okay. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hadn't. But yeah. But,
1: but again, but but I mean, still goes. I'm sorry, Adam. <laughs>
2: no, I was just gonna say. I, I think it, it's. I appreciate that you clarified that, and and it, it is important that public education dollars go to public education. Mm-hmm. And and I I'm a former educator, and I I agree with you. If if a family decides a private school is the best option for them and their family, then by all means, go for it. Uh, But that shouldn't be at the expense of everyone left at the Mm -hmm. public school. Um, And so, yeah, and I I just really do appreciate Medicaid expansion and the grocery tax removal as two of your priorities. And I think we've seen groups like Alabama Arise and, and other good advocacy organizations, you know, fighting on these issues, and they have put solutions out there on the table, and it's just been so frustrating that the legislators in Montgomery uh, and the governor's office, it seems like they just don't want to even engage with Medicaid expansion and the grocery tax removal, which, like you said, are, are very popular. I mean, across partisan lines, Republican, Democrat, we all have to pay that bill at Kroger's and Walmart, Mm, and and it's not fun. And and, uh, we all know people who don't have the medical care that they they need. Um, I I think about my own mom was caught in that coverage gap where, you know, she made too much to get Medicaid, but not enough to get the subsidies through the ACA and, and was left holding the bill every month for insurance that she couldn't afford to use. Uh, and, and it's just, yeah, it's so frustrating uh, to know that like, there are solutions on the table.
1: And, and like I said, I'm fortunate enough that I can go to the grocery store and buy what I feel that I need. But the thing is, like, I went to the grocery store just last night and and my bill was like more than I, it probably should be for the items that I bought. But the thing is that, I, again, like I said, the They're getting rid of the grocery tax is something that affects all of us. And then a lot of people feel that it's not affecting them because uh, they may make a lot of, like, they may make a six-figure salary. But again, that's one of those taxes that really, like, it it taxes all of us. And it taxes the low-income Alabamians even more. And I just, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like I just have enough empathy, empathy that you know we should get rid of it, not just for myself, but just for people who are fighting to survive each day. And 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 actually, that just getting rid of that that state grocery tax can make a difference for a, a, a lot of, uh, of 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 people here in the state and right here in this district too. Even, even if they are, well, uh, you know, what they call high income or middle income.
0: Yeah, well, you know, and they, they talk—I uh, yeah. mean, Republicans are supposed to hate taxes. They're supposed to be for, you know, uh, small government working people and stuff. And it's amazing that they've had a supermajority trifecta for 10 years, and they just in the last session passed another business tax cut, and they still— are ta- we are still one of the only states in the country that have full taxes on groceries, and they're doing all of this partisan stuff about inflation, inflation is Biden's fault, all all of this. Inflation at its peak was 10%. I think we're starting to come down now. Uh, and mm-hmm. if we were able if, – if we completely eliminated the grocery tax, if the state and local governments got rid of their grocery tax and got the money from somewhere else, uh, like maybe – increasing the income tax on wealthier Alabamians Mm. uh, instead of taxing literally the poorest on our groceries, uh, then that totally eliminates the cost of inflation for groceries. But they don't. Exactly. They're not doing that.
1: And and, and like I said, there was a move in this past legislative session actually from a Republican. A Republican senator was uh, teamed up with a Democratic representative to actually move on uh, getting rid of the grocery tax, but of course, you know the uh, supermajority, uh, in their infinite wisdom, they decided that it's not something that we sh- we should focus on. We, but yeah, like as you said, we should uh, focus on giving more tax breaks to the uh, to people that really don't need another tax break. But getting rid of the grocery tax will be a tax break for all Alabamians.
0: Arnold Mooney is your Republican opponent. Um are there any uh you know what what are some of the some highlights about Arnold Mooney in particular um cuz I you know I don't I know Arnold Mooney is is fairly um prominent as a Republican is, is my understanding but um but are, is there but I don't know much about him. So is there anything about him in particular, you know, beyond I'm running against a Republican and, and the Republican Party writ large, but is there anything in particular about Arnold Mooney that you would want listeners to know um, that makes you a better choice than him individually?
1: Well, a couple of things that he's done over his past uh, uh, two terms in the legislature is that I think that a lot of people would be uh, would, would question is that he was one of the legislators that brought the uh, – the the anti-abortion legislation to to uh to fruition throughout the state like he's one of the ones that has been at the forefront of pushing a uh anti-choice uh agenda here in the state uh, here in the state and another thing is that he was the sponsor of the uh enshrinement of the right to work law here in the state of alabama uh one of the things that of course it was, uh, been on the books here in the state of Alabama statutorily for years, but in 2016, I believe that's when it came to the voters through via constitutional amendment. And he was the main, uh, uh, the main sponsor for that legislation. And it's, uh, it's funny that, uh, I saw a post on one of his social media sites, uh, a while back it was, uh, he was, uh, speaking on a the way that uh, coal coal miners were helping uh, push an electric car that had stalled uh, to a place to uh, get recharged, but the thing is that you were trying to highlight coal miners, but you're not doing what you can in the legislature to actually stand up for them. So that's one of the things that I, one of the things I'm running uh, to uh, uh, to go to Montgomery is to uh, show that that people here in this state that. There is another choice. So um, and like I said, he's probably one of what you call like one of those uh, run the mill, ultra conservative Republicans um, that really want to focus on issues that are designed to distract, deceive and divide us. But I want to focus on the issues that bring us all together, that actually bring us uh, together as a state and actually give, makes us a uh, better state here in the nation.
0: Yeah, that, I, I, there were several Republicans that shared that story from Breitbart as well. Some like West Virginia coal miners pushing this electric car that broke down or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. like, whatever, ha that's funny. But um, <laughs> and I wouldn't even care so much about like you it just exactly like you said like whatever okay you can joke about this and you can say it's funny if you have mentioned the coal miners who are on strike in brookwood once in the past 500 days like you i will give you yeah. i'll give you a pass to make this joke and share this post because it's it is kind of it's a little funny but uh it's so frustrating using these people as political props knowing that people like Arnold Mooney and and the rest of the Alabama Republicans have done absolutely nothing for the Alabama coal miners. Like we have coal miners in this state uh-huh. and they've been on strike for a year and a half and they haven't said anything about them. If anything, they've been reading out warrior met press releases, this international private equity firm owned uh corporation from, you know, out of state, this is an out of state corporation and they've been reading their press releases and it's,
1: and it, yeah, and I've, and I've been in a conversation with a uh coal miner there that actually uh he he worked there, but he had to actually find another job, you know, to care for his family and mm-hmm. and make sure that he uh they survived. But he was telling me like when it first started, like around April 2021, was that the uh Warrior Met Coal, they tried to uh offer the the miners maybe like a, a dollar and fifty cent raise. Mm-hmm. Like they would give them a dollar raise immediately, but gave them 50 cents over uh over a over a few years or something to that nature. But I don't know how that people can survive on that if they're giving their all to, especially from, uh, from years before when the, uh, when the company was at the threat of being a, a bankruptcy, that the, the workers actually came together to make sure that they, they'll cut their salary, cut no benefits to ensure that the company survived but only on the, uh, the promise that they would get those benefits back once the the company is at a at a better financial position but again they did a the six the or seven dollar an hour
0: pay cut the six or seven dollar an hour exactly. pay cut and they're saying oh and we'll they give you back about 50, 50 over five years yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's and that's not and uh, uh, people like worker alabama workers need to have their work value and that's what i've I would love to do when I go to the legislature is like uh, I want to ensure that those uh, that the unions have a a voice down there and there's someone that can actually uh, listen to them to ensure that we uh, protect workers' rights and and, sh- and protect well, the the workers' uh, benefits here in, this, in the state to ensure that they have the right to address their uh, the to uh, as a redress to their to to the employers to ensure that they have the benefits needed to survive. Um, this past Labor Day, I went to uh, the uh, labor celebration at uh, Tannehill and I and I spoke to a lot of miners out there. They're very upset about how they think that, you know, that that the legislature isn't listening to. Them. And that's going for like Democrats and Republicans. Mm-hmm. And they just feel like they're just shouting at the shouting at the air. But no one's listening to them. So, I, and I say, again, if I'm hopefully if I'm am I fortunate enough to be elected to the state legislature, I just want the uh, uh, the workers of Alabama to know that they will have someone that that will listen to them and someone that will be a voice for them on the on the House floor.
0: Yeah. What what would you say your, um, you know, your approach and philosophy is in general when it comes to uh, when it comes to labor unions?
1: Well, like I said if. I won't say that we we promise the world to everyone. I mean, I think that's what he said. That's what politicians will do. They'll promise the the world to everyone. But my approach would be to, as I would probably treat anyone, I will have an open ear and an open mind to everyone that comes to me. Like more than likely, we're going to agree on everything that that comes to me as as it pertains to unions. But again, like I said, I won't make any promises that that I will give the world or I can move mountains to make sure something happens. But if you come to me and then we agree on on the particulars of what we need to do to make sure that uh your voice is being heard in Montgomery, uh we I will listen and then I'll do my best to to work hard to make sure it happens. Um but I know that that's I just don't want to give uh any worker, any Alabama workers the 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 uh the false hope that we that we're gonna do things in 110% the way that you know they think they should be done but I still want to give people a a, a, a chance that they that there that, that will be a representative down there that will actually listen to them and not just give lip service to what they they decided and just uh, ignore them when they get elected
2: yeah, and I, I think that's always been my um, approach to elected officials. I don't expect you to agree with me 100% of the time. I don't, I don't even agree with me 100% of the time. <laughs> I change my mind. Exactly. I, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I don't expect that. But what I do expect is elected officials will try to represent the people of their district and have an open ear to everyone involved, not just the lobbyists, not just the big donors, but the little folks, too, the folks who who do the work in your district, the folks who pay the taxes, um, the folks who make up our communities. And, and I think that's where I've run into issues with politicians. Um, it's the ones who, who have a closed ear. They're not receptive. Mm-hmm. They don't want to listen. They don't want to have dialogue with their constituents. It's only certain constituents, the, the you know, the important wealthy ones, you know, that get their ear and all the rest of us feel like we're not represented. Um, so yeah, I appreciate and, your emphasis on that.
1: Yeah, again, like I said, when I went to that uh, event on Labor Day, it's just the, that was the main thing that I heard from the, uh, the, the 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 union folks down there is that they just feel that the politicians aren't listening to them, and that's going for all parties. And I and I and I could see the I could hear the frustration in their voice. Like I could see the frustration in their eyes. And then when they see me coming around, you know, another politician asking for their vote, they say, "Oh, here comes another politician. You know, it's going to disappoint us." But I told them. They said, "You said if you do get elected, don't get corrupted by the I guess the the power and the money that you will uh, more than likely will be thrown at you. So they like said, if you're elected and then four years later you come around, said don't make us want to you know you know, uh, uh get mad off. at you. Because, yeah. yeah, run me off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they 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 weren't shy. They were not shy at all.
2: I, about I know that, they but. were
1: not. <laughs> <laughs> they were not shy.
2: We know them well enough <laughs> but, now. We know they were not
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were not shy, but but I by, by sure them I said even if I if I'm fortunate enough to be elected, I if I, I I won't be just come around in four years. I'll I'll always be there. So then they can always come down to me and have that ear. And I um, said, more than likely, we're going to agree on most of the things that they come to me about. But again, there will always be a, an open door policy for anyone that will come down to, to meet with their, legis- with their legislator to uh, make sure things make things happen. Um, there's a friend of mine who's actually running for a, a state legislative seat. Uh, one of her things is always that even when she's speaking to people who aren't in her district, she said, I may, you may not be able to vote for me but i would most certainly vote for you. Mm. So that's that's going to be my philosophy as a state legislator. Like I say I will be the, the district 43 representative, but i will also represent all Alabamians.
0: Um economic development is a really really big um is a really big thing uh across the state but particularly, you know, in North Alabama, we're seeing, you know, a boom of of industry come Come here. And, uh, but there, there's a lot happening across the state as well. You've got the, um, uh, the Amazon, you know, around Jefferson County, for one, is, is a big economic development type thing. And in a lot of these instances, uh, they are just getting blank checks from state and local governments to, um, you know, big tax breaks without any without any checks and balances on them on you know the way that they have to treat their workers to be able to get these millions of dollars in taxpayer money. Um, no environmental uh, strings or anything like that. Um, that they're just these huge, like I said, blank checks. Uh, you know how how would you handle? You know, to the extent that you could as a legislator, um, economic development.
1: Well, one of my my main is about that is that I'm I guess if any uh, elected official, they will welcome uh, economic development to their areas, to their districts, to their cities. But again, I I say I may be just a a an ordinary guy, the ordinary citizen running for office, but I just don't feel that we should just give blank checks away. I just I don't feel that we should just give up the bank. Just to say that we brought a particular company to our particular district or our particular city or county, um, but I think there are ways that we can still attract uh, economic development to our area without having to, uh, you know, without any accountability. Like I said, you wouldn't want to elect a a, a an official to any, to any public office without any account- accountability. So why would we want to? uh and trust the company to come to our area without any accountability or any buy-in with that community so uh again like one of my main things myself like, to the extent to the extent that i could uh uh you know attract uh economic development to to my area as a legislator i just it, it's just that my philosophy that we shouldn't just give up the bank and and and, and actually Get buy-in from those companies to ensure that we have a, a more wholesome community, a more connected community.
0: Um, so let's let's talk about Democrats for a second. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the if every single Democrat on the ballot won, they would still be a minority. Um, probably, yes. probably, uh, you're going to be looking at Democrats being a super minority. Um, and so you know we can talk about all, you, you know, we can and, and we should. and you know, it's important that that voters understand where you are and what you would what you would want to do if you could. but also it's important for, I think, voters to understand the limitations and what you want to do within those limitations. What would be your style of representation as a majority, probably, a super minority, how would you use your position as a state representative to advance these causes and advance um, you know, other issues affecting working people um, to help working people, even if you're not going to be able to pass legislation in this quadrennium?
1: Well, the thing is, is that, yeah, there's a, a very high possibility that we will be a super minority if I am elected to the leg- legislature, that even if we all the seats that are being contested uh, in the state house, if we are all elected, we'll still be in a in the minority, but we can at least break the uh, the, the super majority that is there is down there right now. Um, but uh, my thought process on what I would do as a a member of the legislature, like I said, more than likely we will be in the I mean, we will be in the minority party, but of course we would have to work across the aisle to make things happen. But just because, but just to work across the aisle doesn't mean that we have to give up on our principles. Uh, we should have like a certain set of of of, of I guess uh, principles that we will stand up for. Like I said, is, uh focusing on those issues that I feel that we all have in common, such as what I'm running on. You know, getting rid of the grocery tax, uh, expanding Medicaid, and then uh, investing in our students. Uh, I will work to find ways to, to make sure that happens. But again, I said, as you said, that that the the expectations of what one legislator can do that is a is very high for some people. Like some people may not understand exactly what uh, one legislator can do, um, but it's best to have that legislator there to uh, stand up for you to voice your uh, what you are uh, what. What you hold dear, that you want to have accomplished in the state legislature, state legislature. So uh, again, I, as I told you before, as what, the way that I will deal with uh, uh, unions or anyone that comes to me, I will have an open ear, and then I, and everything that I will do will be on behalf of the uh, the people of my district and also the people of Alabama, and that's what I feel that all um, elected officials, especially those who are elected to the legislature, should have they should have that the, the 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 average voter in in mind whenever they make decisions on anything that affects the state so again that's the only thing that I can promise to to you and to all the uh uh the voters who are uh in my district and then I'll tell Alabamians that I will be a an open ear and open door for everyone to to come voice their opinions to me and then we will work together to try to, to find the better the best uh the best uh, uh option for all of us to, to make the state the best state it can be
0: is there anything else that we didn't touch on today that you would uh th- that you want to mention make sure that our audience understands
1: um well one of the main things uh, that I know that's kind of a uh issue that is like burning uh the uh is the uh the the move to protect choice uh for uh, uh uh women throughout the throughout the state and then throughout the country. Uh again as I said one of my uh my opponent is one of his main uh uh issues that he's fought over for the past 8 years is to limit choice for women uh here in the, in the in the state of Alabama. And as we know throughout the every seems like every election we would have like a constitutional amendment on the ballot to uh, that would in some way limit, uh, healthcare choices for, for women. And then, as you know, for this past, uh, summer with the, uh, SCOTUS ruling, ruling, uh, that, that, uh, basically gutted Roe versus Wade that the, the dog, dog has finally caught the horse. (laughs) I mean, the dog has finally caught the car. Um, but one of the main things that I will do is to ensure that we will, um, uh, but search, search for ways to, to make sure that we uh, protect a woman's right to uh, make our own healthcare choices. And, uh, I know it's, 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 going to be hard here, especially if we're going to be a uh, minority party down there, but we can definitely still fight to ensure that the, the uh, Republican majority doesn't wreak havoc on, on that, on the women throughout the state.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, uh, very important. And, um, Yeah, very important. Glad you mentioned that. Prince Cleveland running for Alabama House District 43. Where can people find you if they want to learn more?
1: Okay. Uh, Well, you can go to princeforalabama.com. That's P R I N C E F O R, Alabama.com. And I'm also on social media on Facebook, on Instagram, as Prince for Alabama. You can find me on Twitter. That's Prince, the number four, Alabama. Uh, you can uh, go there to uh, read up more about me, uh, to sign up uh, to volunteer, and also to uh, to donate to this campaign, so that we can get our message out to the uh, people here of, of District Forty Three, to ensure that we have another, uh, uh, as I say, common sense Democrat going down to Al- going out to the Alabama Legislature to uh, to 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 protect our rights and to protect our choices here in the state of Alabama.
0: Friends, thank you for your time. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you all for having me.
0: Thank you. Thank you.